As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to 5,000 to 1, the Leicester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm Rob Tanner and joining me as always, former Leicester City captain and once budding cricketer who played in the same Surrey school side as Graham Thor. Please explain that one, Matt Elliott. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting these snippets or should I say Joel, the producer, is getting these snippets from. Yeah, it's uh, incredible how, how he's delving into my past. I'm, it's slightly concerning, to be honest. I, I think you should stop right there and not go any further. But... Um, yeah, it's it's ninety nine percent true. I did actually get picked in a Surrey Schools squad alongside Graham Thorpe, and we were due to go on tour. But for one reason or another, uh, it, it didn't materialise because of finances, uh, from memory. But so that was my opportunity. And after that, uh, I, I'd veered into the football world away from cricket, really. But I used to, yeah, I used to love cricket, and Graham Thorpe was a an excellent footballer as well, actually, and. Uh, Probably would have had a crack at being professional in football, but I think he took the right choice, don't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what were you then, Matt? Were batsman, fast bowler, what were you? Bit of everything, mate. Bit of an all-rounder. Yeah, yeah I was I was, I was, was sort of reasonably quick bowler. I used to love batting, though. Yeah, you know, yeah. Ian Botham, Star and all that. And uh, he was my boyhood hero, really, of anyone like growing up, even more than any footballers that... I looked up to, so uh, I got the pleasure of actually meeting him once. I was ball boy at a Chelsea testimonial for Ron Harris, of all people. Ian Botham was in the changing rooms. Got to meet him. There you go. Oh, wow. And then I ended up playing for Scunthorpe, who Ian Botham played for, of course. Famously but, uh, played for, yeah, I remember that. But it's, 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 it's been a rich history of uh, footballers slash cricketers over the years. I mean, I mean even recently, Matt uh, Ben Chilwell was uh, yeah. a very prominent young cricketer. Uh, before he had to decide which route he was going to take, and obviously took uh, the route down the football way. But yeah, there's a lot of there's, what is it? It's the crossover with the seasons. Yeah, maybe. I think I think a lot of footballers are sort of naturally gifted at sport. Probably a you know, hand-eye, foot-eye combination. Um, you know, and, and it's uh, I don't know. I, it, you, you get quite a lot of footballers who are good all-round sportsmen. You know, I used to play. Without blowing my own trumpet, used to play rugby, basketball, cricket, and football to a decent level. And then you come to a certain age, don't you? But you've got to make that choice. And 
Gary Lineker was similar as well, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he played a bit of cricket, couldn't he? Yeah, he, he played sort of local, um, certainly a high level. I think he might have even been at Leicester for a little while. But um, obviously he took the right choice as well. And uh, I'm not so sure I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was about 23, 24, I was thinking, you know, I was trawling the lower leagues. I was thinking maybe I should have gone with the cricket. But it turned out all right in the end. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's get on to Leicester City, uh, the current crop. Um, we've had an international break and we'll talk about the Man City game as well. But just before we get underway, uh, just uh, want to remind our listeners that right now uh, you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod to take advantage of this special 40% discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod. Um, international breaks. I mean, oh, you're an international footballer, capped by Scotland. So, I mean, you, you should have some interest in these. But uh, they, they, we, we, it's been a while since we've had an international break and they seem to be cramming the games in. Uh, during these breaks, but uh, there's been a few uh, of the uh, Leicester lads uh, going away. Casper Smichael kept three clean sheets over the break and earned his 63rd cap. Danny Ward kept a clean sheet. I mean, a good run out for him. Uh, clean sheet for Wales versus the Czech Republic. Johnny Evans played the full 90 for Northern Ireland versus Bulgaria. Nil-nil draw. Dennis Pratt scored. Jura Tielemans has featured prominently for Belgium and their latest one was an 8-0 win over Belarus. And Ian Nacho and Didi play for Nigeria, beat Lesotho 3-0, Ian Nacho providing an assist. So that, uh, despite the fact that Harvey Barnes and James Madison, we will get to in a bit because there's a bit of uh, injury news on him, um, they've missed out on the international win. There's still plenty of Leicester representation. But how do you view the international break, Matt? Because I don't know about you, but I find some of the games quite tedious to watch some of the... I mean, I've watched England against San Marino and Albania and... They just seem to be going through the motions, a bit of a formality. I know there was the Macedonia win over Germany, which justifies, in a way, that the lesser lights uh, being involved early rounds of the qualifying. But the rest of the time, it seems quite tedious. It does, yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I'm with you, really. I mean, even the England-Poland game wasn't scintillating, was it? You know, it, it, it was all a little bit stale. And, OK, you know, Poland made made a fist of it. In the end, and uh, you know, England just snuck through. But it, it was—I don't know—it it doesn't sort of get the adrenaline flowing, does it? Really, at the moment, and and as, as well, there's a little bit of overkill in terms of football in general uh, on the screens at the moment, and then cramming three games for a tournament that's what a year and a half away. Um, into, into a pretty much seven, eight-day period. And then when you've got a major championship looming in a couple of months or so, it, it all scrambles you a little bit and you end up sort of losing a little bit of enthusiasm for it, I feel. I suppose for Brendan Rodgers, it's just a case of cr crossing your fingers. It's fantastic that um, the players have all getting recognition at international level. It shows that he's got good players in his squad, but just cross your fingers and hope they all come back OK. And from what the news we just had from uh, his press conference ahead of the Man City game at the weekend is that uh, everybody so far has come back fit. I mean, there's still a few lads uh, to come back. I mean, there's, I mean, I've mentioned a few there, but there's so many more. I mean, uh, Castagna's been playing, Fafana's been playing for France under-21s, but so far everybody seems to have come back Okay, and that's what you can ask as a Leicester City manager. 
Yeah, exactly. It's always a worry, isn't it? Always a concern because you can be unfortunate and three or four come back, little niggles or even more serious injuries. And that's obviously a, a big issue. But uh, you, you, you can't deny players the opportunity to go and, you know, play international football, particularly in World Cup qualifiers, you know, the officially competitive games and something for them to, to be pr proud of at the time and certainly to, to look back on once their careers, um, you know, are, are finished and, and uh, to, to reflect upon the achievements that they've made. And it's, um, yeah, no, it's, it's a sign of the times. Again, it, it, it's just a good indication of, of what level the Leicester City are performing at. And, uh, oh, by the way, you mentioned Fafana there. I saw he came on for, as a substitute for the under-21s for France. They must have some team. Oh, exactly. I mean, he's played one game at right back. So they, you're right. They must have some great youngsters coming through. Fafana, he's struggling to get a regular game for the uh, French under-21s. Um, and I, I think Brenda just made that point himself during the, the, the press conference. But uh, uh, one thing about the international break, though, it has given an opportunity to get some rest to some players that have been carrying knocks and niggles. And also there's been some positive news as well as the lads coming back so far all fit. James Madison and Ricardo Pereira have recovered from their injury and uh, they are both available for Man City on Saturday evening. So that's a bonus to have Madison back. Although where do you put him back in the side now? <laughs> yeah, nice problem to have, isn't it? But... Uh, Brendan had actually mentioned before the international break, didn't he? He said that he'll get an opportunity and we're hoping that he'll be in contention for this Man City game. And so it's proved to be. There's obviously seemingly no reaction uh, to, to the injury and that, that he's been suffering with. And that's good news. That's good news because without knowing the specifics of the injury, it, I didn't like the sound of it because it's something that wasn't going away easily. And, you know, that, that that can be a problem. And I know of other players, myself as well, I had an ongoing issue in, in my time at Oxford United before I came to Leicester. And it started off just, you know, as an irritant. But then it, it, it continued and it continued. And whatever I did, it, it persisted. And eventually it became, well, there wasn't a, you know, a massively um, impacting injury. It, it, it took the edge off my game and it, it became a threat to my career, basically. And and I, I had to go to see a specialist to get it resolved and it was uncertain whether it worked. Thankfully for me, it did. I had to do a lot of work around it you know, to, to maintain. Uh, it was in, in around my pelvic area. It was, you know, I had to do exercises accordingly. And James Madison probably have to do the same, you know, to, to prevent it reoccurring. But... Um, yeah, if, if if he's able to get back, you know, and, and play confidently and consistently, then that's great news. Absolutely. And, but the thing is about this international break, and, and uh, it's been great that the fact that um, James has been able to do some work and Ricardo has been able to do some fitness work, Vardy's been able to get a rest, but the rest of the lads have been away. Some of them are not coming back until um, the Friday, the day before the game against Man City. So they've got effectively a day to prepare to face the best team in the country right now, Manchester City. I mean, how on earth is that allowed to happen? I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? How are you going to prepare for, for such a challenge in a day? Yeah, it's a nonsense. Again, it goes back to you know, the fixture schedule of the, these World Cup qualifiers. It needs addressing, doesn't it? It needs looking at. Because I know the ever-increasing demands of modern-day football 
and all that that entails. But come on, you know, th th this could have been. I, I think most people have said the Man City are going to win the league, but you know, it's vitally important. Uh, more so for Leicester, probably, this game, the, the, out of the two teams. And or, yeah, who knows? It, it could have been a title decider there or thereabouts, you know, if Man City hadn't been quite so imperious this year. But, uh, you know, and to, and to have your, your efforts sort of constrained by fixture schedules, as you say, who's, who's due to come back on Friday? Is, is that the Nigerian boys? They... Yeah, I think it's the ones who have got the furthest travelling. So that'd be Kelechi, uh, Wilf. Um... To, to come back in so you know so you get yeah. a day with them the rest of the lads are reported back today the ones that have been playing uh, in Europe but obviously they've been doing recovery so it's only really one day to, to carve out a master plan we saw early in the season when they went to uh, the Etihad and won 5-2 how important it is to have a game plan against Man City because the game plan worked yeah. perfectly on that occasion I mean it was a masterclass from Brendan in terms of how to approach Man City whether they can do that again I I'm that game plan will not work again against Man City because they'll be wise to it. I mean, I, I was watching some footage uh, preparing for a, a feature and they were almost in a 5-4-1, playing, in the, uh, defending in their final third. Now, Brendan loves to press. He loves his teams to press, but against Man City, he realised that if they press, that will only that could hurt them. So they sat really deep and then uh, Vardy sitting on Rodri and, and they broke up Man City's play and then broke very, very quickly. I, I wonder whether they can do that again, though, against this uh, Man City side. I, I think he's going to have to come up with a different game plan. He's got a day to do it. Well, I think they'll adjust it a little, a little bit, yeah. I, I think you're right. But, I mean, you say they sat deep, Rob, which, which is true, certainly in the early stages. But you have a look at the goals or the penalties that were forced by Leicester. They had big numbers in advanced areas as well. You know, yeah, when the time was right. very quick. Yeah, yeah, well, they, they broke quick, but they also broke up play as well. It wasn't always winning the ball in deep areas and then playing on the counter. That was a feature. But also, when when the time was right and the, their confidence grew within the game and that they could you know, get a feel um, within the, the match itself of how things were going, the balance was swinging a little bit and... All of a sudden, they, they, they were squeezing and pressing Man City, um, not constantly, but you know at the right times. And indeed, he was breaking up play. Castagna was forward. James Justin was forward, both in wing back positions, and um, that both well, Castagna especially had a, had an influence um, in terms of assisting goals. The one that Vardy flicked between his legs, and you have a look. There, there was four, five, six players in and around the final third of Leicester, you know, Man City's defensive third. And that, that caught Man City unawares because they're not used to that. They're not expecting that, especially from Leicester City. <laughs> you know, OK, soak up pressure, but don't have the temerity almost, you know, to, to come and start making advances. Us. And, and it shook Man City up. And in fairness... Guardiola has to take a bit of credit, really, because they, they, they looked loose, didn't they, defensively. They oh, looked yeah. ragged. They actually looked like a team that don't practice defending, if I'm honest. And maybe that you know you hear rumours that that is the case because there's so much emphasis on going forward, keeping the ball and breaking up and winning the ball back quickly. But what happens if you don't win it back quickly? You know, Have you got the shape and solidity about you? And on that day, Man City didn't. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, and it's going to be the start of a very interesting period for for Leicester. I mean, Man City obviously on Saturday, then West Ham um, a week later, and then you got the uh, FA Cup semi final, and then you got a run of games against West Brom, Palace, Southampton, uh, Newcastle, finishing then with United, Chelsea, and Tottenham. Although I know they've got a nice little seven-point cushion in the the top four, but there's some really big games. It's not a foregone conclusion they're going to qualify for the Champions League again uh, this season. They've got some uh, some big fixtures coming up, Leicester. It's great that they're coming into this run of games, this finale, this final stretch with some of their big hitters returning to fitness. But um, my, there's plenty to play for, isn't there, for Leicester? It's so exciting. Yeah, very much so. Uh, every game, huge, isn't it? Whether it's <laughs> FA Cup semi-finals or Premier League countdown, but I think yeah, you know, going into this, some people have been looking at those fixtures for quite quite a while back and thinking, oh, Leicester need to get the work done, get you know, get things signed and sealed uh, and delivered before those final three games of the season because they can end up losing all three. And I think if you think like that, it's a recipe for trouble. Um, because Leicester have proved themselves capable throughout the season, and I know you can you can harp back to the last campaign, so there is a valid, you know, justification there for for being a little bit wary. But I think that they've proved over a long period of time, in particularly this season, you know, one or two minor dips, very minor, and they they've reacted so well to, um, you know, to a knockback really. And a, bit, a few times, Leicester have lost the game. And go, oh, here we go. It's all going to fall apart. It hasn't. It hasn't. And not so long ago, obviously, with the injury situation, everyone feared the worst. You know, all of a sudden, Burnley away became a tough game. Brighton away was a tough game. And when they were two weeks prior to that, expected to, to go and um, win convincingly. But then, listen, Matt... <laughs> Situations change, don't they? Yeah, a couple of couple of defeats, and all of a sudden pressure's on again. But who's to say that Leicester are going to going to go and lose the next two games just because they're playing good quality opposition? You know, Leicester have beaten every top six. Well, sorry, the big six in inverted commas um, this season. They've got a great record, Matt. They've got 13 points against the big six this season. This is four more than they got yeah. in the whole of last season against them. They, they have really proved themselves effective against the top sides. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I, I genuinely fancy them to get at least a point at the weekend. But because of, the, because of how good Leicester are, but also I think Man City's mind could be elsewhere to a degree. Um, West Ham, I, this, I know West Ham turned Leicester over, but I think they got a bit caught unawares. And uh, Leicester more than capable of, of getting something there as well. Then you've got the... The other games coming up, you, again, they probably won't play in sailing, but you expect them to pick up a decent amount of points. Other teams are going to drop points as well. Um, what is it, Man, Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham? Um, tough games, tough games, but it all depends upon the situation. Yeah, but I, I hark back a little bit. You know, have that mentality. Don't, don't be wary, don't be nervous or tentative going into these games. Right, this is an opportunity for us to finish them them off, the opposition. If Leicester go and beat West Ham, West Ham aren't catching Leicester, pretty much. You know, spin it round a bit and, and maybe, you know, and treat it like that because 
and don't be wary of oh oh if if I don't play well and I make a mistake and uh, we lose one nil then uh, we might not qualify for Europe because we'll fall away. You know, if, if, they wouldn't be playing at the level they're playing at if they thought like that. And you know, go there and, and treat it like right. We're going to finish West Ham off today. And, and if they did that, Champions League's probably nailed on because the other teams are, are pretty far away, aren't they? So. That, that's the sort of mentality that I think Brennan Rodgers would be trying to drill into his players if they haven't got it already. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hello, listeners. Sorry to interrupt your show, but we've got a small favor to ask. We're currently doing a bit of a survey to find out more about you, your podcast listening habits, and the sort of adverts that are most relevant to you. If you feel like helping, please head to surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. That's pretty catchy, so I'll say it one more time. Surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. Thank you. Well, it's a busy time at the end of the season. Uh, it's, a lot's going to be decided, but also, equally so, it's going to be a busy summer for Leicester City off the field, sorting out some of the contracts that are going on. Let's see. We've got um, Morgan, Fuchs, Jakubovic, Tavares, and James all out of contract. Under his uh, situation needs to be resolved. Then going into the final year of their contract is Ward, Amate, or Brighton, and Ianacho. Now we understand they are looking at uh, renewing Ianacho's contract, giving him a, a, a new contract offer. We don't know about or Brighton or Amate at the moment. You would suspect that they would certainly look at the goalkeeper situation with Jakubovic out of contract and Ward with a year uh, going into his final year. But on the back of that, with two years left on their deals, going into two years left, and Leicester don't like to leave themselves vulnerable with contracts, you've got the likes of Siuncu, Pereira and Tielemans. Massively important that they sort out Yuri Tielemans' contract. Now, I've spoken to um, one of his uh, advisors. And talks have already started on an improved deal with Tielemans, and which is fantastic news. And they seem quite relaxed about the situation. They say Yuri is very, very happy at Leicester City. He's enjoying working with Brendan. He feels like he's becoming a better player under Brendan. But there's that caveat of, you know, he's reaching another level now. He's taking his game to another level. There are clubs watching him. There are clubs monitoring his rise. And if he has an outstanding tournament for Belgium in the Euros... You know, that could uh, could present uh, Leicester with a bit of a conundrum. So it's important they get that one sorted sooner rather than later. But I understand it will be left till the summer to sort out, as a lot of these are. So an important time with the contracts. It always is, Rob, isn't it? Like, you know, you say that things, negotiations are ongoing, but 
it, the crunch period is at the end of the campaign where people can take stock and take time to, to, to really, you know, get to the nitty gritty of the details of the contract. But it's a, it, it's a constant issue though, isn't it? You know, you've just mentioned a multitude of players there that the contract situation needs to be considered. And uh, there's a little bit of a pecking order there, isn't there, in terms of your, some are out of contract and some are, some have got a year. It, it's, it's the big hitters, um, for want of a better phrase, within the squad that the club are really wary of, of letting get less than two years, aren't you? Because of the rulings, the way they are and the value, etc. transfer value. But, um, and you just mentioned there that Ricardo Soyuncu, was it? And then Tillemans. Yeah, it's Schmeichel, Soyuncu, Evans, Pereira, Chowdhury, Mendy, Tillemans, Perez and Vardy that will go with two years left on their contracts. Sure. Yeah, it, it, their contracts are up in twenty twenty. It's so difficult these days, isn't it? Because you know, the, the, the time's gone by you, you, without you know, the, the Bosman ruling. Effectively, you know, it, it would go down to the final year, possibly, and then you start looking at it and thinking, okay, well, in fact, in, it, in my day, you used to run out. Your contract would run out, and you, you still were sort of tied to the club to a degree, but. Um, that's not the case these days. You know, we all know the situation. So you sign a four-year contract, it's, a, it's, it's almost effectively a two-year <laughs> because if, if you're playing at any decent level, the club are going to come at you with another one. Um, or a situation arises quickly, isn't it? So it, it's, uh, you know, it's ongoing uncertainty, if you like, and it sort of plays into the players' hands more often than not. But uh, it, it's the way of the world. And it'd be interesting to see how things turn out, isn't it? With the the world as it is at the moment, and you know, even King Power as a company have been affected, and we, the transfer policy or re-recruitment policy in terms of renegotiating contracts. Um, interesting to see how far Leicester are willing to go. I mean, will there be any players leaving in the summer? Not because Leicester necessarily want them to go, but so that they can finance other deals. And not just for other players uh, from outside the club, but players that are already existing there to to, to give the likes of Tillman so to the contracts they want. Otherwise, they might start glancing elsewhere because they're good enough to go to numerous places. But with less the performance level they are, with the manager they got, with the setup they got, the facilities, the the board, you know, proactive, progressive, there aren't too many places better than Leicester City right now. Now, I know people will argue, you know, the, the, the historically bigger clubs, and they are going to be tempting, of course. But uh, uh, Le- Leicester, more often than not, manage to get things sewn up, don't they? Even if it means, as they did with Maguire, maybe, you know, sign a contract, get them there. Get, worst way if a player is going to go on, they get full value. And best way, they get a very good player who's happy on good money, and wants to stay at the club and do as best he can. So, yeah, it's a bit of a win-win situation, really, although there's going to be heavy outlay to, to keep players like Tillemans, because, as you say, he's he's proven himself you know, you know, a top-quality international footballer, isn't he? You know, recognised right across the globe these days for the qualities he's got. 
Having recorded a loss of £67 million, I think the priority for, yeah. for, for Rodgers will be to keep this squad together, first and foremost. And we've seen every summer so far, one key player has gone for big money, but that money has been immediately reinvested back into the, the squad. And even during the pandemic last uh, summer, they still uh, brought in Castagna and brought Fafana in because they could see huge value in those deals. Oh, yeah. So I think it would be more of the same. Uh, they'll try and consolidate this squad, get these some of these contracts sorted out, certainly the, the key men that they want to keep and build the team uh, around, and that would certainly include Tielemans. Uh, and he will have uh, a substantial pay rise. I imagine it would be around six figures a, a week. Um, and then uh, add, I think they will still try and support Brendan by adding during the, the, the summer. Yeah, I, I, listen, you back Leicester City in, in, in the transfer market all day long, don't you? Like everyone, they don't get... Get it right 100% of the time. But oh, show me a club that's got a better better <laughs> recruitment dealing record over the last few years. I, I don't think there'd be one, would there? You know, Absolutely. magnificent players that they've signed and they, they get it right more often than not. I mean, the, the likes of... I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking in the back of my mind possibilities who might leave in the summer. And there are many of the players that have got the potential... I'm not so sure they will. I'm not so. No. I think it's, yeah, it's a different the, beast now, aren't they, Leicester? They're a different yeah, beast now. Well, Leicester's a different beast, and also the environment is. is I don't think yeah. you know too many clubs are going to be splashing out huge sums, are they? And it's going to take huge sums to get any of Leicester's top players out of the King Power. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Training ground routine, clearly. Who's going to take it? It's Mares in the end. It goes a long way and it's in from who? City grab the lead early from the big defender Robert Hooth. Well, what about that? Well, we're talking about great Leicester City signings. That's a great segue into the, this final bit of this podcast. We've been running a series called uh, Modern Day Court Heroes on The Athletic, and it was my turn to present a Leicester piece. And I managed to do an interview with a player that had always said no before because he says journalists always ask uh, the same boring <laughs> questions all the time. He's he's a very uncompromising, straight-talking yeah. character, Robert Huth. And it was a really enjoyable interview as well. He, he doesn't hold back on his opinions on anything. And um, modern referees certainly got uh, a, a bit of a broadsword from him. Um, uh, certainly John Moss did. John Moss does John Moss things, I think, was what he said to me uh, mm-hmm. regarding that famous West Ham game when he sent Jamie Vardy off. And the fact that he never, ever got a penalty awarded in his favour in his entire career, despite literally having the shirt pulled off his back at Crystal Palace during the title winning season. So uh, yeah, any guys that. that want to read that, go over to the Athletic 
fantastic website. It's a very entertaining uh, interview with Robert Hooth. He's a, a real character. Did you have much dealings with Robert? Did you come across him a lot? Because I imagine he would have been cut from a very similar cloth to Matt Elliott. <laughs> well, there, there are certain physical comparisons maybe. Yeah, neither of us were the most athletic, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, certain similarities there, aren't there? But he... Um, I tried to think if I actually played against him, but when his Chelsea days, because he came over young, didn't he? Oh, he was very young, yeah, and, and, he, and he's English. He speaks. He's moved back to Berlin now. He's yeah, moved his family. He married a Francesca, uh, who's an actress, and they've raised. Their, they've just moved back to Berlin now. He's looking to get into the game in the technical side uh, of, uh, of football. You know, it's a like technical director type role, yeah. looking at the recruitment and stuff like that, which was interesting. So he's back in Berlin, but he spent the vast majority of his life in England. Yeah, I could see that. Was it Chelsea? Middlesbrough, primarily, wasn't Stoke. it? And Stoke, Stoke and obviously, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, when he came to Leicester, you, you, I wouldn't say you thought his career was was over, but you know, he thought it was on on the wane almost, didn't you? You, you can't believe what happened to him. But fair play, fair play. He's a yeah, good, solid character, isn't he? I, I sort of met him very briefly at a club function once, and we both had a. A few too many, so it was only a fleeting <laughs> little warble to each other. But you could see straight away he, he, he had a bit of personality about him. You saw that on the pitch as well. He didn't, didn't take any, any uh, nonsense, did he, from, from opposition strikers. And, uh, yeah, I, I liked the way he played. You know, he, he got the best out of himself, didn't he? That's for sure. Him and Wes were quite a, Wes Morgan, quite a formidable duo and it suited Leicester at that time didn't it They're literally sitting deep the fullbacks didn't even bother closing down crosses too often they just said okay no, you're not going to come through the middle of us put the crosses in because who for Morgan will deal with that and Leicester won the league from that platform really you know and broke away and Mahrez and Vardy did what they did it was it was incredible but um yeah he's uh he's he's, he's a bit Slightly alternative, he comes across, doesn't he? A little bit quirky. Some of the things in his career, yeah, some of the things in his career. I mean, if you look at his Twitter feed, it's something about he's a former elbow-wielding, sort of uncompromising yeah. centre-back. He, he, he admits that, I mean, he, I think when he signed for Leicester, he tweeted something about, now the sexy football comes to Leicester, a tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. But he knew he knew his limitations, he knew his strengths and limitations, but... Um, and that's the reason why I chose him as a court hero because fans identify with that type of player, that sort of, you know, uncompromising roll the sleeves or give everything you've got. Even if you haven't got the greatest talent uh, around, you're going to give everything you've got for the, the for the cause because that's how fans would, would like perceive their contribution yeah. if they got to, to wear the shirt. And so I think it's the minimum that they expect, but they certainly take those sort of players to their hearts. Yeah, it's the least... You know, you, you, you should demand, isn't it, really? Because, yeah, just give your all. Uh, any supporter would give everything they've got to get, I don't know, one appearance under their belt, wouldn't it? And um, But yeah, he, he was a smart player, Hoof, as well. You know, did, did much better, uh, as is usually the case well, with most players, to be honest, but particularly centre-halves, you get, you get much more competent as you become more experienced, you understand the game, when to do things, when not to, how to do them, to sort of look after yourself. And, you know, you become much more wily uh, and effective as you get older. And certainly that was the case with myself. And similar with Robert. He, he's a, you know, what, a, what a, an amazing finish finale he had to his career. 
and it wasn't bad throughout, was it? You know, it was always at a steady level. But then, uh, go back to what I said earlier, the harder you work, the luckier you get. You keep applying yourself and sooner or later, something's going to come around your way, something special. And it certainly did with him and fair play to him for that. And yeah, the Leicester City supporters yeah, took him to their heart, didn't they? But uh, yeah, because of the character within, not just the player, but the man himself. Absolutely wonderful. That's one Leicester City legend talking about another Leicester City legend. Matt, thank you very much for joining us again this week. Pleasure, mate. Always look forward to having a chat. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll be discussing our victory over Man City again uh, next week on this podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Join us again next time. The Athletic. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.